Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. For this monthly Market Insights, Phil Attreed, Head of Investment Consulting, talks to Will Hobbs, Chief Investment Officer, about what we have seen in the first half of the year and what the rest of the year may offer investors. To find out about starting your investing journey with Barclays, visit barclays.co.uk forward slash investments. Hello and welcome to this July edition of Monthly Market Insights. I'm Phil Attree, Barclays Head of Investment Consulting. And once again, I'm joined by Will Hobbs, our Chief Investment Officer, as we explore what's been going on in the world of investing. So, Will, we've made it through the first half of what I suppose to many will have been, frankly, an incredibly emotional and exhausting 2021 so far when it comes to their personal lives. But what stands out for you as you look back over the last six months? Gosh, again, Phil, we always start with a big question. Yeah, I mean, I think the story of the you know the story of the year so far, I think probably is that like gigantic growth upgrade that we saw over the course of the year, which has really fueled the continuing rally in stocks, commodities, uh, and you know rising bond yields across many parts of the sort of capital market spectrum. Uh, and behind that upgrade, we've identified this before, but there's probably two big things you'd you'd, you'd look at. One, when viewed from the kind of you know the the January perspective that the path of the pandemic, at least in the developed world, has been a little bit less damaging than might have been feared, and that has helped a little bit with some sort of some of those uh, some of those upgrades. Um, the other thing to think about, I think, is that policymakers have continued to surprise positively, I and mean, this is particularly in the case in the U.S., where you know, as we pointed out many times before, you had that kind of sliding doors moment in January with those uh, two Senate runoffs which handed President Biden, the Senate, very narrow margin in the Senate, and the ability to enact at least some some of his agenda. And that's changed the picture of the half substantially, I think. Quite. And I mean, alongside that big growth upgrade that you speak of, there's also come some fairly material concerns from investors about a change in the trend for inflation. Are we any closer to having a look at what might be in store for us in the coming months and years ahead yet? Probably not. No, I mean, it, you're very, you're right. That's very much the story of the half, isn't it? But unfortunately, it's way too early to say anything really meaningful on this. As we say, I suspect that or we suspect that there are risks to both sides of expectations. You know, you can plausibly describe both. You know, one, if you use the, you know, look through the prism of history and look at past the recovery from past pandemics, you and I have discussed many times before how the message there quite quite statistically robustly, is that you should expect a long protracted period of lower growth and lower inflation on the aftermath of pandemics. However, others will point out that the economic context today is very different and very important, um, not just in the way that it's potentially changing those tectonic plates uh, with regards to labour force supply might be changing a little bit, but also some of the factors with regards to how policymakers have responded to this crisis that has led some people to argue that the risks to inflation are the upside. So I think the point from us is that we're prepared for both extremes and everything in between. But beware of strong opinions here, as, as we've said many times before, inflation is not inflation forecasting is not an area where uh, strong opinions are a sign of great skill, quite the reverse. Of course, keep to other things. And what are the key areas of focus, though, for you and the investment teams as we turn to hopefully a much brighter and freer second half of 2021? 
Yes, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, the point there, I mean, the buzzkill point to make straight away is that, you know, the pandemic is a long way from over. There may be the sting of more variants in its tail as we get through the next year and year and a bit to that point when people are saying that we might be reaching, uh, you know, global herd immunity, which is really the, the moment to, 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 to bear in mind. You know, the Delta variant is rapidly becoming a dominant strain in many developed econ- economies. The UK, most of all, actually, it really explains, I mean, something like 80, 90% of new infections is the Delta strain at the moment. However, However, the evidence here so far points to that rapidly constructed wall of immunity holding firm so far. So hospitalizations and deaths have so far remained low in the areas where Delta has taken off. We shall see how that evolves. Also, in the second half, you're going to see what happens with the US infrastructure effort. So also the disbursement of the kind of newly acquired European fiscal muscle is also likely to be important things that's, you know, just to keep an eye on in the second half of the year. No doubt inflation and central bank, you know, interest rate takeoff debate will continue to prattle on. However, you know, some people are pointing out that, you know, the bond market has so far remained pretty calm about the prospects for inflation, very much staying in line with the Fed's community, you know, the, the central bankers communication on this, which is that the risks to inflation beyond this crisis is still moderate. Uh, and the bond market so far seems to be sort of taking that on. And, and that's in, in the face of some quite steep inflation beats over this last quarter in particular. So we'll see what it takes to shift that consensus a little bit. Obviously, when we're looking ahead, always the point to make is the most jarring things to asset prices tends to be the things that you can't talk about in advance because they come out of the blue, that the market has had no chance to try and sort of incorporate probabilities of you know various outcomes happening uh, into prices because it's a completely new piece of sudden big information like, 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 like this crisis. So those are always the things that are most influential. But from the stuff that we can see, I guess those are the things that I would sort of, you know, that the team's looking at a little bit. Great. Not an unusual question to have from clients, one that we've certainly had for a number of years now. But I think, you know, just looking at market levels right now, some of, some of our clients, some of our colleagues are clearly worried about global investment markets starting to look a little on the expensive side. I'm also confident of one thing. We will almost certainly see headlines fueling this opinion over the coming months and I'm sure years. For some, though, it just does feel too late to get in, having seen the rally that you know fr- from the lows of last year. What would you say to this? Yeah, it's, it's something that you and I have talked about many, many, many times over the years, isn't it? Is that to us included and to all people, I think, you know, when markets are rising, they feel expensive and it feels like you've missed out, particularly if there's something quite sharp in the rearview mirror in terms of a rise. It feels like, oh, I've missed the boat. You know, I should have got in ages ago. I can't get in now. And when markets are falling, it feels like for way too risky. So there's kind of never a perfect moment to buy. I think that's the first thing to, 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 to acknowledge. The other thing to say is I don't think stocks in aggregate look prohibitively priced. As always with the world's capital markets, there are pricey corners and less pricey corners. I still would argue as well that from this point you know, and I think all of us would argue in unison that from this point, looking over the decades ahead, that a diversified basket of capital markets, assets, stocks, bonds, commodities, and so on still looks your best bet to beat inflation over the sort of path ahead, whatever inflation turns up, that still looks to be your best, uh, your best route. So today is still the best day from that perspective. And I think, you know, from an upside threat or a potential, let's say it's not a threat if things go better than we might expect, but that comes from the suspicion that we might be entering into a period of more rapid industrial change, a so-called industrial revolution. We've talked about this a lot as well. It's a very familiar theme. And and, and that represents, you know, often a very attractive period to be invested. So I, I 
you know, it's self-serving as always, but I still think today is, you know, the best day to get invested if you're not invested yet. And uh, if you are invested to make sure that you're well diversified, that's, those are the two main calls to action, I guess, that we always have. But that's no different today as it is, you know, last year at this same time or uh, indeed right at the bottom when, uh, when things were really dark in March. Quite. And I think that's a perfect opportunity for me to plug our weekly Word on the Street podcast. Yourself and Alan did a fantastic job last week with Nikki hosting, talking about exactly that fourth industrial revolution as well. Some very good insights and would certainly encourage our listeners to seek out that podcast, Word on the Street. We publish that on a weekly basis if you'd like to keep in touch on our views in between these monthly market insights. With that, Will, thank you so much for your thoughts as always. And we look forward to being back with you again next month. All investments can fall as well as rise in value and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.